This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. This month, Igor will release their new album, Spirituality and Distortion, via Metal Blade Records. Slamming together disparate musical styles ranging from death and black metal to breakcore, Balkan, Baroque, and classical music in a manner that is unconventional and unpredictable, as it is thrilling. Igor are unlike any other act. Purchase your copy of Spirituality and Distortion now at MetalBlade.com slash Igor. Once again, Spirituality and Distortion at MetalBlade.com slash Igor. I-G-O-R-R-R. It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Speich, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's I, your host, Petter Speich. I am always joined by... Hello, hola, mi amigos. It's Wait Brandon Gooch Hahn, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, can at you your s- buddy Gooch. Okay. Follow him at your buddy Gooch. Can you say hola and then hello? Hola. Is that allowed? Well, I said Can hola. You, say, you said. And tw- also the way you say hola is upsetting. How, okay, okay, okay. Hola. Okay. It's, it's your buddy Gooch. Okay, how about this? Hola. <laughs> hola. Hola. God. It's like trying to watch Pete read a three syllable word. Dude, it's impossible. It's rough. <laughs> Dude, it <laughs> takes. If you guys know how much editing went into the Metal Blade ad this week, you guys have no Dude, idea. Watching Pete get a new word. Because that's the thing. Like any, We've already discussed this. Like Whenever Pete is forced to learn something new, it throws his whole world off. Yeah, he's like Lilu Dallas in The Fifth Element. He's like chicken. Good. <laughs> chicken. Love. And the person with the very specific reference to people that were born in like probably the 80s for The Fifth Element. Yep. Who That's are you? me. I'm Jocelyn Sharp. Hello, I'm Jocelyn Sharp. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jocelyn Sharp. J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N. Sharp spelled like a sharp knife. And you motherfuckers better follow our other co-host, Sylvia Alvarado, at It's the Sylvia on Twitter. And if you want to follow me, I'm at Rise to Offend on Facebook and Twitter. Rise to Offend Official on Instagram. This week, oh, always a chat. Always a pleasure. One of my favorite bands of all time. Every time I die, everybody knows. I talk about it all the time. This week, I get shut to Andy Williams. We're not just talking about ETID here, guys. We're talking about AEW wrestling. Yes, he's the heel known as the Butcher, the oh. Butcher, the Blade, and the Bunny. He's a fucking savage. If you guys want to check out TNT, Wednesday nights, 8 p.m., AEW wrestling, DVR that shit. Our conversation's fantastic. I love Andy. So um, before we get into that, guys, we like to talk about the Metal Sucks news, but we got... Quite a few emails. Uh oh, uh oh. Unleash the fan mail. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Oh, I feel important. I don't know what that noise was I made with my lips, but last week I, I didn't like it. Uh, <laughs> sounded exactly I like not, a butthole. Yeah, <laughs> opening. That's exactly what it sounded, it sounded like. Sounded like a butthole using using your butthole to open a bottle. <laughs> I don't know what a butthole opening sounds like. Sounds like, why like that? You guys know sounds that. like that. Uh, because sometimes I, my husband doesn't turn the fart fan on when he I uses like, the bathroom, and I like the party. So. Okay, okay, okay. Wins and wins, <laughs> and some losses were thrown into that. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> last week fans apparently were a little worried about me and Brennan's argument like we didn't like each other and I was just like no 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 that's how we talk I, I we have five different emails 
But the different the, the the main focus, if you guys didn't listen to last week's episode with Sasha from Intronaut, is that me and Brandon argued about relevance and bands like Rage Against the Machine not be me saying they're not relevant because they're not putting out new music that they're nostalgia. Regardless, I would go pay to see them, and I love nostalgia as well. But they're not relevant. At, meaning, if they don't put out a new record, they're not going to gain new fans and bring new people into our genre. Brandon's like. I'm a stupid person. That was his exact words when I talked against Rose. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, yeah. So, that's what, wait, quote, wait, 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 was Brandon saying I was, was I saying I was a stupid person? Yes. No, you're saying I was a stupid oh, person. Oh, yes, yes. And oh, people yeah. were like, well, you guys seem like you were fighting. Are you breaking up? We're like, we're not no, breaking no, up. No, dude, Call. your parents fight all the time. Yeah, that I, They were making Call. out when I walked in this morning. Right, Call. exactly. So yes. it's fine. Pete Call ate my butt. Everything's cool. <laughs> God damn it. What happened to the butt? That's how he knew what the sound sounded right, like. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's the yeah, least funniest like- member of the show. <laughs> Everybody's going to assume I eat the butt. Right. <laughs> it's where the fingers get pointed. It's your laps right? per minute. That's yeah, who exactly. just determines who's, who's bringing Who's but, bringing the mirth? But like everything in life, if you're not here, you don't know shit, motherfuckers. Oh, Anyways, wow. Wow. Um, wow. Where did that come from? I don't eat the butt. Yeah, you, you bring up PD butt, personal. and that just brings out the rage. The butt. He's like, prove it. Yeah, prove it. <laughs> prove I ate your butt. What? I'm like, well, Are we you're in high school. Yeah, What's your brown, your brown lipstick. <laughs> so that's that's me, my chap lips needing chapstick. Yeah, stop with the brown. Okay, sorry. Anyways, sorry. Emails. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't want to read them all because there was too many. Brandon's an idiot. Pros. He yes. thinks we, that we had five about the relevance thing. Brandon not being that, and then we had a ton of people agreeing that. Nazi is not a slang word, so people agreed with us on that. Yes. Okay. Don't because people were calling Bernie Sanders a Nazi last week. Christian from X Fear Factory being a fucking idiot. But uh, yeah. So ignore the Nazi part. We're not going to bring that back up. But the relevance part. So everybody's stating that if you are a band and you don't want to put records out anymore, I want you. They're to not tell relevant. Me, I want you to give me the definition of relevance. Go. Like look it up. You on looked the, it up already. I, can I got tell it right you here, bitch. Your bitch, I got I it right tell. here. Okay, okay, okay. That was adorable. Read it. Read it. Rel- relation to the matter at hand. <gasps> Mod- uh, modern pro- times. No, 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 no. Rel- the says, matter does, at hand is modern times. Mod- no, go. Practical and especially social applicability. Oh, dude, so, okay. <laughs> applicability. There you go. You got it on the second try. Ap- applica- applica- applicability is the word. Oh my god, I, we I'm will not go back. Say shit, I'm not gonna. I can't read yeah, that word. Exactly. Yeah, we I'm will go back. I'm allowed to laugh. He's not allowed to. We laugh. have Pete trying to say the word baroque, <laughs> and it was wow. That was difficult. I at least got it on the second try. Okay, I got it right there. So applicability. Okay, giving relevance to college courses. Pertinence. There's nothing about time there. No, no, no. We're not talking about time. There's a difference between relevance and famous. Read it again. Read the first part of that Relation to the matter at hand. The matter at hand, when you're talking about art or a band, is time. Rage Against the Machine has not... Where does it say that? That's the matter. The matter at hand is they're performing well, at the that, time. I they're want, performing in 2020. Show, get get okay, Webster's. Get Rosalind. Right. Go. All right. Explain all right. All right. All right. She agrees with me. Brandon, Explain this. Brandon, thing. are okay. the monkeys relevant? Okay. Like real monkeys? Are they relevant? Or the band? The band oh. is. Hey, with monkeys. No. Okay. Are they on tour? No. I okay. saw them live. Did I ever tell you okay, first that? of all, just and because they pump Axel Rose through full of formaldehyde and let him jump around on stage doesn't mean he's on tour yet. He's Look. full of bean burritos from Taco Bell. <laughs> yes. But continue. When, you're, when your bitch is slap rapping and your cocaine's done, go. 
My point is, is that he's right. It's about time. When it comes to relevance, when it comes to music, time matters. Rage Against the Machine hasn't written a fucking song since the internet was invented. <laughs> right? One more They're time. Not relevant. Relation to the matter at hand. The matter at hand is Practical 2020. And the especially hand- social applicability. Shut up. The matter at hand <laughs> is... If it if it is relevant today, that was the discussion we were having. You give me the Merriam-Webster's definition of artistic relevance. You and maybe give me we'll the talk. Oxford's definition of relevance. Do it. Shit up. <laughs> Fuck your Merriam-Webster. Can we not use these debate class 101 tactics of yeah. looking up the definition? Allow me exhibit one. <laughs> I wanted a. I wanted from from across the pond England definition. I don't want your American Merriam-Webster shit. The point is, is that everybody. But you know what they call cigarettes out there in England? Exactly. We can't use. No, that was like thirty years ago. They don't say that. They don't say that I thought they did. It, it, it's do cute you, as you, a as a reference. Wait, it's cute you, for a hacky. Do joke. you think that they just like live in a bubble? Yeah. And they don't know that that's offensive. Hey, to I'm sure I. Look, I mean, tea. British people, we know you're listening. Uh, email us and tell us how wrong Brandon is, because that's our favorite. British well, people. Well, I just got five emails about Brandon not being right about relevance. <laughs> so let's get more. British evil, British people, congratulations on Tyson Fury. So right away, I already <laughs> fucking I already, yes. I got, I got, I got. I'm already on their side now. I'm you, already, I'm speaking their language as now. There, as everybody knows, we are in Las Vegas, boxing capital of the fucking world. And goddamn, was that a night? Was that a night of boxing? I fucking loved it. Anyways, don't do that to me. Don't segue me to my favorite See what I did? See how I can get right back on my trial? you, the the matter at hand, you know what's relevant right now, Brandon? You're dumb. All I got to do is just mention (laughs) boxing and Pete's like right back on my side. I want you you to know that every single email we got, I got them right here. Verbatim, right? They all said, don't tell Brandon I said this. <laughs> so I'm not reading them out loud well, because uh, they're fans that we go back and, and forth yes, with all the and time. I, and here's the thing. I, and, God bless and they don't that want means, you to think you're that mad means, at them. That means, dude, that's all I'm saying. Like, that's almost like they sweet. They're just kind of like, don't, yeah. look, um, look, I know Brandon's a little touchy. Uh, it's like when and, you're hanging out with your boys after work. You're like, yeah, don't tell my wife. Don't tell my wife. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're like, guys, you got in an argument last week. Hey, Taku. Hey, Taku. Hey, Taku. Hey, Taku. But yeah, if we ever get uh, angry like that again, uh, guys, trust me, we'll be fine. You have to understand, there's never anger. Like if we if Beat and I have gotten angry before and we stop the show and we start all over. Yes. Like when there's yes. real anger going on, you guys have never sensed like except, real anger. Except for the three times Brandis quit the show. Yes, yes. I quit the show <laughs> only to come back like four days later. So <laughs> not even you didn't even miss an episode. Pete will go like this. This is Pete. I'm like I'm done. And Pete won't respond to a text message. And I'm like ooh. No, I'm like, I, so I drop. It's like the having big, that girlfriend that gets drunk and breaks up with you. This is what'll happen. I don't text. This is what'll text. happen. I'll text. I'm like I'm done. And then like and then four me, days. Uh, four days. Later, Pete will go like, "Hey guys, Saturday at ten. You guys there? Yeah, I'll be there." <laughs> it's yeah. like they're ra- they they're like little steamboats. They just rage themselves out, guys. Don't happens. worry about it. They they they're not yelling now, at each other. They're yelling into the they ether. they no, or okay, I'm, sorry. I'm trying to be kind. Me, yeah, Pete, yeah. I was yeah. To be- individual <laughs> yells. Thing, individual <laughs> yells and gets angry, and then individual uh, takes a nap, and then uh, <laughs> and then he's all better. Like one time, we, me and Brandon were in public, and he was getting real mad about something, and everyone was kind of like tense around us, and I was just sort of like drinking my drink, chill, and like somebody like tried to get involved, and they like and like Brandon's 
stormed off and they like talk, and they were like looking at me. I was like, if you would have just let him steam himself out, he'd have been done in yeah. about 90 seconds. <laughs> God, let him steam himself out. Yeah. Just like, I'm just going off on politics. <laughs> and then Bernie Sanders wants race action. And then Trump was like, <laughs> yeah, he gets suckered out like a, a toddler. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys send me an email about politics, I will forward it to Brandon. I will not respond. Okay. No. I can't do politics we because can, we can't, I can't we do can't it. have that conversation. No one's this no, is the no, reason, no, stop, the reason stop, why I can't stop. do politics. You're, you're starting is, to steam. I see you raising I your hands. I see you. Your headphones are breaking. <laughs> there's no good and evil in politics. There's no good and evil. No matter how you bring it along, there's no good and evil. Guys, yes, that's a warning. I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> politics are hard. It's not hard. It's just unwinnable. Yes. There's no way yes. you can win the argument. Yes, because it's, it's all gray area. I yes. recently got in a political argument with someone, uh, a friend of mine, a friend of yours as well. Is about, it me? No, no, no. Oh, is it me? Not you. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and they took an obscene amount of offense because I made this statement. And I'll just say it out loud for everybody. Okay. I mean, they were like, are you fucking serious? Because they're, they're, they live in Los Angeles and they're California based. And I'm like, you know what? The popularity contest thing really started when when one state elected Arnold Schwarzenegger as a fucking governor. When someone said the Terminator can run our state, that's when someone had the balls to be like, "Hey, I'll run for president as a reality." I think star. it started with Jesse Ventura. By the that way, that was before. That was after. Was it after? I thought it was before. Oh boy, but looked it up. Okay, no, I, I think after. it was before. I think it was before Ventura was governor before. But, but he's right though. But again, him being the whole governor of California, no, you're right. and I, I, I and, and and the shit that was lost that I in some way insinuated that Trump thinking he can become a president was because of their state. I don't know if they'll ever talk to me again. Oh <laughs> yeah, my God. Wow. They lost their fucking mind on me. They're like, what do you say? And I'm like, why would you elect uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as a governor when he is an actor and not a politician? And then that that gives everybody in that state of mind to be like, I can run for this shit. Right. The Rock will be a president. You guys elected fucking the Terminator as your governor. And I, and, and I, and I just brought that up. That was all. Just brought it up. Yeah. Didn't blame. Didn't do nothing. God damn. Was there a fucking well, that dude's mind sad. loss? Well, it let me tell you something. And it wasn't a dude. <laughs> okay, well, I hate your friend. It was a female. Like, I don't like it your friend. It was me, you guys. I, it was sorry. me. It I was bl- my moon face partner <laughs> here. <laughs> my moon face partner. I don't know She's the moon, moon face joke. Moon facing it up. <laughs> Mac tonight. Look me up on Instagram at Jocelyn Sharp if you want oh. to see what a moon mm, face is. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Right, her so. face is made of cheese. <laughs> 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 now the first ten and minutes the, of the show, all Russians are trying to beat Americans to yeah, get on exactly. it. <laughs> How dare you? I just yeah, that's all I'm saying. That's why the people that are are so like evil and good, like the ones that could just separate it and go, this guy's good and this guy's evil. Like right. th- you're sad. Your life is sad. But before you even go there, before anyone says anything else, I just want to point out that none of us should be debating politics. Yeah. We don't have the knowledge. No. We're idiots. No, we no. just spent two minutes debating when Jesse Ventura was the governor. Dude, you guys, <laughs> I just debated. The applicability. <laughs> Pete can't pronounce Baroque. 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 I always say that before I talk politics. We're like this. We're like we're, we go. Pete, say it's it's pronounced Baroque, and Pete's like cat. <laughs> it was just. Give, give me three letters. Baroque. Jello. It's a foreign tongue, fuckers. It's a foreign tongue. It's, it's not that easy to English. say words. It's not. A, it's not that easy to say words. Okay. Oh. God, I'm going to tell you all the people. Sure doesn't have a problem. Jays are wise to me. Jays are wise to me. I can't look at something and think it's all the people that there was no Jays or wise in Baroque. All the people that thought Brandon (laughs) sounded dumb last week are now thinking Pete sounds dumb this week. You know what? Pete never has a problem pronouncing. 
the word radish. Oh, it's no. Endeavor. Mm-hmm. Give me some radishes. This guy, <laughs> this guy, boil them up. That's right. Barbecue or radishes is this guy. He's got a couple hanging from his ears right he's now. He's the radish like king. He's the radish king. <laughs> I had a coworker say something really weird to me about radishes. That's what's weird. He's like, it's not, this is out of context. I might cut this out, honestly. But some dude's like, so when you guys, you, you just eat radishes and beef in your country. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what we eat. He's like, so you all have swimmer's bodies. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. What does that mean? What's a swimmer's body? Jesus has a swimmer's body. Yeah. Super lean, super cut. Yeah. Okay. Pete's so, got abs. No, so we so all, all those got, radishes. So we all got swimmer's bodies by beef and radishes. You're too, yeah. you're too beefy to be a swimmer's body. I don't feel like I have a swimmer's body. I never swam. But the point is, thank you for calling me beefy. Yeah, wow. <laughs> you're welcome. That did make you happy. I, look at this guy. <laughs> so I will kiss that. your moon face. Oh, my God. With Steve's permission. I, you, never see Pete, you never see Pete give himself a pat on the back until it was beefy. No. He was like, never, what? I've never seen Pete enjoy a compliment and oh, as long I, as we've been friends I, until I, this moment. I went, to the, I went to the doctor and I was like 12, 15 pounds overweight and I've been working on it and it's like I checked the scale today. I'm like, yes, I'm under, I'm under Oh, I lost like six pounds. So I was like, wow, a little less beefy. I ate top ramen at 5 a.m. I felt good about myself. Two different lives. She's more, she's more carby. (laughs) You're beefy. (laughs) We were going to talk about some Metal Sucks news, but I did want to segue because our conversation, me and Andy's is so much about wrestling that I'm a huge fan and I, I, I want to promote anybody to go out to the live AEW shows. Live wrestling is one of the funnest events. It is fun that you can fucking go to. Me and Brent. I, I mean, and you guys, you can make signs. I'm gonna come out here to when uh, Andy comes out to uh, Vegas. Probably nosebleeds, but we'll see where we go because I'm a nosebleed forever kind of guy, and I'm gonna make a sign for him. But the point is, I don't know if I'll get on TV. I'll try. I got on TV. Why don't you paint the sign across your nipples? Your, oh, across your beefy nipples. What me and Brandon would do. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna ignore that. My, my, I'm not gonna ignore listen, that. they're yes. not. They're not beefy nipples. He's been losing. They're turkey now. Turkey. Okay. Yes. No. No. First <laughs> off, very nipples. lean nips. They're, they're beefy. <laughs> the loss was was not from doing my. It was the loss was adding cardio well, to my. Yeah, you guys heard it here first. Pete yeah, has exactly. fat nipples. Go Pete ahead, had, Pete. Pete had three pound nipples story. up until recently. <laughs> I gotta tell you, <laughs> I'm like- proud of the chest. <laughs> I'm proud of the chest and the arms. All the glamour muscles, I'm good on. You Come see punch Pete's me. nips, you're like, you know, he might breastfeed his son. Like that's <laughs> how his. That's how, that's how top notch his nips true. are. Got the smallest nipples ever. I don't know. I, I wish I had. Anyways, ignore my nipples. If you guys wanted me and my insecurities on my body, if you guys want to have that conversation, I love oh that my we god! Simultaneously, found the thing that makes Pete feel the best it's his, and the worst. It's his nipples. He's like beefy <laughs> nipples. I got no problem with being bald. Yeah, I have every problem with my nipples being exactly. so small. A beefy. Thank you. My nipples being big. Wait, what? I thought we were friends. So you're going to go see him? So the point was is that me and Brandon would go to these events, whether it be WCW or WWE or whatever, and we'd make signs that would get us on TV. Roll a fatty for a pimp daddy. I, I made that for the Godfather. For the Godfather. <laughs> who played a pimp. And he used to go to, and every city he would go to, he would get strippers from whatever uh, yeah, region. And by they the were way, in, and they would just come out and dance. He, we're in Las Vegas. He runs the strip club out yeah. in Las Vegas, and those strippers are his his girls. His, he's, his, by the way, husband. he called them the hoe train. The hoe train, dude. We have come. I did comedy with a him a long time. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we did it together. We were on the same show with him. Then he smoked yeah. me out with dabs. I've never yeah. felt so dumb in my life. Godfather's a great human being. Excellent guy. Yes. Go to Spearmint Rhino if you guys are out here in Vegas. 
that is the Godfather Strip Club. Anyways, ignore that because we're not strip club promoters. But the point is, okay, we're Godfather promoters. We are we are a promoter of the Godfather. <laughs> we're Ho Train promoters. So, <laughs> so we would try to make signs for like the, uh, the, the, the what would get us on TV. And all those years, I never got on TV. And then eventually, at a WW event, I made a sign for Steve Blackman. Remember this? Yes. <laughs> Who was like the worst wrestler ever. And I'm like, I'm going to make this sign. If Steve Blackman comes out, I will be the only sign in this <laughs> arena that says Steve Blackman or whatever. And sure enough, there's me on no. the tight drawn <laughs> with Steve Blackman, dude. Sign. It's a true story. My other, my other favorite. <laughs> One of my other favorite wrestlers is a guy named Al Snow. Yeah. And he would come out with a mannequin head, mm -hmm. and he would just call it head. Yes. So he would go, who wants head? So he would throw his head up in the air. So I think, but, I, had, I, think I wrote it. I want head. You did, but you didn't get Post. on TV. I know. I got on TV. Steve Blackman. Mm. I think I wrote Steve Blackman Sounds like rules. an accountant. <laughs> yeah, dude. Exactly. Know enough he about had this. the personality of an accountant. He, like that's Al why Snow. he didn't yeah, work exactly. Al Snow and Steve Blackman are in the same. Yeah. They have a practiced it's Steve, snow and yeah. blackman associates yeah. steve blackman and associates <laughs> but but as a fan now i'm gonna try this when uh when uh what andy, sign are you gonna make andy, come, andy. Oh, fucking, i'm gonna write i'm gonna try to do three signs the butcher the blade and the bunny and are I, you gonna hold up all three signs well together? i need three people you'll oh. be there with me shut up okay you're, you're okay. all coming with me I can, I'll, I'll go well, with you i have two hands so i'll, yeah. I'll go can, with you i don't yeah i'll, we, I'll, I'll hold my sign upside down okay yes yeah. <laughs> yes that and then we'll get on the Titan Tron sure. And we'll, we'll get Andy tickets to Cirque du Soleil Run. We'll figure it out. We'll, yeah. we'll take care of them. Which, yeah. By, oh, yeah. Which, uh, can we talk about that for a second? Yes, go ahead. Um, so there's a Cirque du Soleil show, for those of you that aren't familiar with Cirque du Soleil. That didn't listen to the Taylor Bates episode where I promoted the fucking show. Yes. Right? And I would <laughs> so. also like to, for anyone listening who is French or from French descent, we know it's Cirque du Soleil, but these so, two guys are very white. So. Uh, okay, yeah. So it's like... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. It's not a white thing. <laughs> Cir Cirque du Soleil. These guys Soleil. are very white. White? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll like a fine. black dude would say it differently. Yes, yes, <laughs> like, yes. I mean, depending if he's from Haiti. Black dude would be like, Sir, do select. <laughs> See? So. Anyway, uh, but um, but Anyways, you were but, talking uh, about Cirque du Soleil. So the idea, the idea behind this though is it's a it's supposed to be like an action adventure, like circus. Okay? Robert Rodriguez, the filmmaker of Desperado. Jocelyn, Jocelyn. In my defense, I only saw the billboard. In my defense. Okay, so so Jocelyn hears about this and she's like, so, so he he wants to go see run. And then Jocelyn's like, why would you want to see that? I mean, you're just going to be running. And I'm like, you think the audience runs <laughs> with you the whole fucking show? Yeah, this is me making this up. <laughs> Jocelyn hasn't seen the show because she thought she would have to get on a treadmill during yeah, and run. No, no, no. Not treadmill. Run, run. through Here's the whole I thought, thought she had a run Here's during a Vegas Cirque du Soleil. She thought she would have to physically run. Let me be clear to their marketing <laughs> team. First of all, bad marketing because there's a billboard and it just had people running and it said run a live interactive I'm gonna tell you Vegas this. experience no! and I thought that it was like an escape room but where you get chased by like fake killers Jocelyn if it were called so in other words you're saying <laughs> they should have like called it indoor track they should have called they should have called the show sit not run they should have called it yeah. sit and watch other people run sit and enjoy <laughs> sit and watch other people run <laughs> 
That's the show I would Jocelyn thought it was like you're paying $100 a ticket to go and get a gym membership. It's so fucking amazing to me. It's not crazy if you think about the fact that people pay like 50 bucks to escape out of a fake jail. No, uh, God. I can't wait for the five emails for people to tell me, yes, it is fucking crazy to think what you just thought because Brandon's relevance thing. Yeah, Brandon's relevance thing. Pete's Baroque and fucking Jocelyn's run. We so, are idiots. Dude, I'm telling you, there has been a three-headed race for the dumbest person on this show today. Today, there was so much stupidity. All three of us have failed miserably on our scantrons. The only question we got right was name. Yeah, just name. You barely got that right. Brandon. Brandon. So uh, we are all going to make wrestling signs as we go support the AEW uh, wrestling here in Las Vegas when... uh, I've seen I've seen every time Jesus Christ I don't know how many times I actually followed them like uh, the Grateful Dead for a a week right when they were on the sounds of the underground and uh, that was a great moment because I don't know if you were there but when they did floater they ended the sounds of the underground show with floater and I was in the front and Keith threw the mic to me for me to scream and drag the lake. <gasps> True story. And then he fucking grabbed it, jumped on stage, that's blues, and the whole band just jetted off the stage. Actually, <laughs> like I was like, damn actually, it, I just had my moment with you, Keith, and you fucking actually, jetted. Actually, Keith grabbed the mic, he pointed at Pete and said, give it up for the beefy guy. <laughs> and everybody... And they were like, don't talk about his don't, tiny don't, nipples. Exactly. Well, don't, don't mention his nipples. But give it up for the beefy guy. Don't mention the nips. <laughs> I also, if you guys don't know, have a hat that doesn't exist in the world. And this was during the okay. same Wait, what, what? 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 This yeah. is a true story. <laughs> Are you wearing this hat in limbo? No, this is a true story. And, uh, you guys I know this I think he means hat. outside of his hat. Exactly. I have a Pegasus that no, doesn't exist in the world. this hat only so. exists in my house, in oh, my okay. closet. Nobody else has it in the world. Guess where your house is, the world. <laughs> I walked up to Andy, the guy I'm interviewing here in about two minutes, guys. We'll get there. Sorry. We're, we're, we've been all over the place today. Today has this is been a get to know us a day. Fucking, <laughs> this, this has not been a metal We basically news said, day. fuck the news. <laughs> No, but I got to get to the fucking interview. These people are annoyed with me. The point is, is that uh, I, I, I stands on the ground when I was touring them, when I was grateful deading every time I die. Um, I, I bought a hat. I, I walked up to Andy and I said, hey, man, I want to, you guys to sign something because they have those moments at sounds on the ground where, you know, you guys have never signed anything. True story. And he says, I've never uh, signed a pink suicidal tendencies hat. Suicidal tendencies was playing at the show. I was in Arizona at the time. For the sounds on the ground. And so I'm like, all right, I'll go buy that hat. All you guys will sign it. I went and bought the pink Suicidal Tennessee's hat. Went to the Every Time I Die booth. Every member was of the it, band signed was it. it. Breast, was it Breast Cancer Awareness Month? Well, no, I just... They I, just have like a pink That's what oh, he hat. told okay. me. He told me, he's like, we never signed that. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go that. So I have an original... And he wrote, he wrote ETID over suicidal tendencies. Oh. <laughs> all the guys Shots fired. So I got that hat. By the way, I wore that hat when Keith Buckley gave me the mic to sing Floater at that same show. So with that, let's jump into my fucking interview. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you like wrestling. I hope you like fucking metal. Let's go. Andy Williams, every time I die. Hi, man. What's up? What are you doing? Not much. Dude, I just got an email from a, a listener. We do music episodes. and this, Oh, sweet. This guy said... Because I always talk shit about hair metal from the 80s because I'm just not a fan, dude. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I get it. But I love the ballads. And he's like, what's the five greatest ballads of 80s hair metal? And now I'm like, man, it's a tough one. White Lion had that one that was amazing. I can't remember the name of it. 
I know which but one it was you're awesome. talking about. The first one that came to my mind was uh, "Love Bites" by Def Leppard, dude. That would that would always well, got to me as a kid. Love Bites is nice. Yeah, it is nice. I I, I do have to admit, like, every, we had a tour manager once that would always play hair metal, and every once in a while, some like riffs would happen, and I feel like all hair metal was was like a dry hand job. Like it's super. Like it's cool that something's happening, but like, is it really that cool? You know what I mean? Like, that is the like... end result wasn't that great, but it was like it was still rocking. Like there'd be parts, but like you, you're never coming from hair metal. I think that is the greatest analogy I've ever heard. By the way, from yeah. hair metal, you're completely right. It's like it's like you paid for the lap dance and your hand, you're sitting on your hands and you're like, well, this is it, huh? <laughs> this is yeah, yeah. I lost money, but there's you know. A naked chick in front of me, I guess. Yeah, that's exact. That's a, that is the best example. That's why hair metal lasted so long, and people still love it to this day. Right there. Yeah, because I mean, it, like I said, it's still cool. Like it's cool that something's happening, but like, it's not that great. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? And every now and then, someone will sell me on a band that I'm like, fine, I'll give it a chance. Because I'll tell, I'll be honest with you, I gave the, I gave Motley Crue a chance. And besides the sleaziness and whatever, like musically, it does nothing for me. Like nothing for me. Yeah. But yeah, Cinder- you're the same with Motley Crue. Yeah, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they had like four good songs. Like Livewire, I think Livewire is one of the best songs ever written. Jam, that's it's a jam. Great. Mm-hmm. But then, like, I don't know, like, Kickstart My Heart's kind of cool. Like in pro wrestling, like now that I wrestle, like there was always a dude on a show with Kickstart My Heart as this like entrance, and it's always like some dude that's been around for a really long time, and you know yeah. he's just. Yeah, dude, that that's yeah. a good intro song. I don't like that song per- personally, but yeah, songs like "Girls, Girls, Girls," like I'm just like, go away with this nonsense. But "Live yeah. Wire" is a jam, and yeah, but "Kickstart My Heart," like you said, with the wrestling circuit, I think that's like smooth criminal to the stripper circuit. There's always going to be someone coming out <laughs> to that song yeah. in, in costume. You're gonna be like, this works every time, right? <laughs> so. Yeah, there's it, it like is like it's so weird because like uh, obviously like my my two artistic loves in life are very obvious. Like I have a band and I do wrestling and like, those are my artistic loves. I can't draw a picture to save my fucking life. I would never be able to write like Keith writes. Um, I would never be able to draw like Jordan, right. You know, draws mm. like, it's just not my making, but like I can tell a story and I can write a song. Those are like my two loves. And it's, it's so funny to in wrestling. I've, become more accustomed to respecting and appreciating garbage music because of the person it's like with so like like down with the sickness like i've never been a disturbed fan of my life but like there's certain dudes that use that as their like entrance and it it always gets me fired up because i'm like oh shit this is cool you know what i mean like i would never in my life in if if like we were on tour and I went to a bar and that song would come on, my eyes would roll. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then like I would like think of like a sick wrestler that like uses that and then go like, Oh man, this like this song gets this dude so hyped up and I like that dude so much that like I start appreciating garbage. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing about a song like that. And we were just talking about with pro wrestlers, like <sighs> I'm we're gonna I'm gonna ECW is is kind of like 
my echelon of pro wrestling because when it became popular, it was so um, I don't know. So it, it was just like my perfect time age or my oh age, yeah, you know. Same. But like, how old are you? I'm I'm 39. Yeah, I'm 42. So, so like, right in ECW the same. was fucking everything. But the like, Sandman's intro, <laughs> like right. To yeah, but Sandman? still awesome. Dude, amazing. But ECW was everything. I do a, a documentary podcast, and I did one on ECW. And um, I've done like five-hour episodes on Peter Steele and Phil Anselmo well, and yeah, yeah. you know all that stuff. So ECW is one of those things. The, the show is called Rise to Offend, and it's anybody that's been offensive in society and how they kind of change things. And yeah, ECW was one of my favorite episodes to do to go down that rabbit hole because as much as – it affected me, you know, watching that kind of insanity. I never really put humans to it. It was weird. Did you did you have that disconnect as well when you were watching it when they got hurt? Like, ah, they're okay. They're professionals. <laughs> so. it, man, it, it's so strange. Okay, so, like, I, I started training. I mean, really, that was the ECW was kind of thing. Like, I want to say that it was still going, but like limping along, like they may have been on like TNN at that point in Mm. time. And like towards the end with like Cyrus, the virus and all that shit. Mm. And I'm pretty sure that was the catalyst for me going to wrestling school. Cause I went to wrestling school when I was like 18, um, right around that time. And I blew my ACL out in the first, like four months that I was training. And then I think that's what kind of made me go like, holy shit, these dudes get hurt. And then like, you know, seeing like Vic Grimes fall on new Jack's head, like did it really hit me when it happened? And then like, once my ACL blew, I was like, Oh fuck dude. Like he's really hurt. Like that guy can't be good anymore. Like his brain has to be like gone. You know what I mean? Like, and I think, like, once you kind of get your bell rung, like, all that stuff kind of, like, then resonates. But, like, as you were watching it and you're watching Sabu, like, eat shit, like, you never really, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, I never put a human disc, like, 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 I never put a human connection on it. Like, if I watched my best friend fall off of a fence and, like, hit the ground, I'd be like, oh, shit, like, that probably hurt really bad. Fuck, are you okay? But, like, if I saw Sabu do it, like, I had, like, I went to every Burt Flickinger ECW like show back in Buffalo mm. and like I saw like RVD like dive into the crowd and like land on like Bam Bam and like didn't think anything of it. I mean, that dude was fucking 15 feet in the air and flew probably like 20 feet. Like that's one of the craziest fucking dives that ever existed. And like, I didn't think, I mean, I was, I was like 10 feet away from that and it did it still didn't like resonate it's so crazy you just said that that kind of just blew my mind because i didn't care Mm-mm. i i mean and, and then but like i don't know if you i don't know how how much you followed wrestling at that time oh i did but like i was i was obsessed with ecw man okay yeah. like did you watch did you watch wcw too i didn't as crazy as that okay. sounds i watched uh wwe and ECW. The reason I watched WWE, and this is weird, I was just so loyal to The Undertaker that I was like, I'm just going to watch him. <laughs> and I think all they had yeah. at a certain time was like Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. Everybody else jumped ship. <laughs> you know, so yeah. It was, yeah. it was, uh, um, but no, I, I did, I don't want to say I didn't watch WCW because I did. Uh, my father was yeah. huge into that. So with the Monday Night Wars, it would be, 
I would be upstairs and going back and forth. Does that make sense? <laughs> like, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. So I'd, see, I'd, I was, I was never, a, I would never watch WWE when I was a kid, and I'm not uh, saying that now that I'm like a, I'm an AEW contract wrestler, or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't have that. I don't have any beef. It's, it's whatever. I have like really good friends that work for WWE, and like, I want everyone to succeed. And I want everybody to watch wrestling just to get that out of the way. Um, so I don't really hold a. I'm not like a team player. I am a team player. Like I love AEW, but like, I just don't, I'm going to stay loyal to that. And like, I never had the dream of being a WWE guy. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. when I started wrestling. So like WCW for me and NWA was like, that was my, my wrestling. I used to get in fights when I was a kid because like someone would come in and start talking about Hulk Hogan. And I would be like, well, that's bullshit. Like, because Ric Flair is the real champion. And like, hogan's bullshit you know what i mean like that's like gaga wrestling like he doesn't you know what i mean like that guy can't wrestle you know and like i think like it was crazy i think i love wcw so much because like they did have like ray mysterio chris benoit all these dudes that showed up in ecw because i was such a loyal fan of ecw and like they got them you know what i mean like Perry Saturn was there and yep, like Dean Perry Malenko. Saturn was like my favorite. Oh, Dean Malenko, like yeah. Dude, all t- one of my all-time favorites is Dean Malenko. So like they all went there and I was like, "Well, fuck, man, if I can just watch Eddie Guerrero have matches every week, I'm going to watch that." You know? And that's what happened with ECW. For people that don't know, uh, we're talking about Extreme Championship Wrestling. I'm sure you guys do know. By the way, Andy Williams, every time I die, the <laughs> butcher. Right? What happened? <laughs> I know we're like 10 minutes in, but you guys. <laughs> okay, I'll, uh, I'll promote it before we get into this. But anyways, um, that's, what the, that's what sucked about ECW as a fan. Um, because ECW eventually got the best wrestlers in the world. And they were yeah. like, all right, we're not just going to be blood. Now, at first, yeah, dude, Terry Funk, Sandman, it was all about the blood and guts. We know it. But then they got the Malenkos and the Benoits and all the Saturns and, and the Rey Mysterios and Super Crazy and, and all these great guys. And then when those companies kind of saw it, the first thing they took was all the talent. So we were just le- yeah. left with the New Jacks, which, hey, I love me a New Jack fight. But, man, I uh, uh, where did that mass transit thing happen? That wasn't in buffalo was it no it wasn't it was in buffalo maybe like poughkeepsie or something like maybe upstate i don't know but that was uh, it's funny like one of my best friends is that pro wrestler puff from buffalo and he just played mass transit in the the dark side of wrestling really like that that documentary thing yeah yeah i know you're talking about pretty cool yeah, that for people that don't know, the mass transit incident. I just want to throw this out. This was at the point where I think all ECW had talent wise that was wrestling. That wasn't just the violent, the, the Axel Rotten's, the Balls Mahoney's. I think RVD yeah. was still around at the time and Jerry Lynn. But for the most part, we were we were going for the blood and guts. And New Jack, um, some guy named Mass Transit was backstage. He's like, "Yeah, I'm a professional wrestler. I do these things." And he was telling, he was challenging New Jack to color him up. And then sure yeah. enough, New Jack like slashed Ugh. the shit out of this poor like nineteen year old kid. And uh it was insanity, right? That's pretty much what happened, if you guys don't know. You guys can Google that up. But uh Yeah. And then like he had like a he had like a fucking artery or something like that. And like mm. the kid it, like also the kid was a kid. He wasn't a mm. man. Like it, it was a boy. Like he was like seventeen or something like that. Like two. I think I'm pretty sure he was like seventeen or eighteen years old. He was like really young. 
man. He, exactly. It was. I don't think he was of age. I think he was like seventeen. Yeah. yeah this is. Like he lied completely. Like he wasn't a worker, and 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 uh, and he he was he lied about his age and shit like that. So. Yeah. I heard a crazy story this week. I mean, it, it's in the Dynamite book. So if you read the Dynamite Kid book, like, like that dude would rib Bulldogs so much, dude. Like, so there was a time where like they someone wanted Bulldog to like to Blade and like Davy Boy, sorry, mm-hmm. and um, someone wanted Davy Boy to get color, and like Dynamite was like. Oh, I'll take care of it. And literally just slashed him from like one temple to the other, just as a rib. And like, it's like he wrote about it in his book and it was like, how the fuck did Davy boy not bleed to death? But like mass transit somehow, you know what I mean? Like how deep was that fucking cut, dude? You know what I mean? Mm, man, no, that, that just, just listening to that. That's what I mean by us not believing like until you actually get there. But British bulldog, uh, Davy boy, Smith, um, from temple to temple. Oh my god, dude. Yeah. Like if you read the book, that book is unreal, man. Like it's a it's a really really sharp indication from a guy who was a little off kilter. Like Dynamite was not all there. And you know, he wrote his autobiography and it's it's a great it's a great read. Um but he was a vicious man. He was a very vicious person. Wrestling was a lot different then than it than now than it is now. That which too. which is probably yes, and I think you can as a as a fan I, I can see that as well. But there's probably still that element that new jack element around that just wants to hurt people. Do you run into that often? I, I'll tell you what. I mean, on the indies, it, it's funny. Like you you hear rum, rumors about people like, oh man, this guy works pretty snug. He's pretty safe, or or, or he's pretty snug. He's pretty unsafe he's going to take liberties with you. And then like you meet those dudes and they're all sweethearts. And it's just like, I I don't know, man. I I haven't really, I haven't really seen any of that stuff. I mean, I've heard stories from the past, but like, like I said, wrestling is completely different now than, than what it was even 10 years ago. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's for me and where I am right now in 2020, like that dog eat dog mentality isn't around any like for me isn't around like the, the locker rooms that i've i liked spending time in but it's like and i'll just name a few like c4 beyond limitless uh black label um i said beyond um e- esw in buffalo like everyone just wants to build everybody up and like that's something where like when i first started getting back when i when I was 35 and started like wrestling um, again, it kind of like there was a little dog eat dog thing. And I was kind of worried. And every once in a while you'd get a guy that's like, Oh cool. The band guy's here. You know what I mean? And like, they wouldn't even give me a chance. It was just like that nowadays. Like it, I don't see any of that, man. Like I, it's, it's pretty awesome, man. Like for me, and I can only use my, you know, my, for instance, um, I just, that dog eat dog thing. I mean, AEW's locker room is like so healthy. Everyone builds everybody up. Um, there's no shit talking. There's really no political structure. Um, dude, Dean Malenko fucks with me. You know what I mean? Like stuff mm-hmm. like there's like, he's like 
throwing jokes at me and like if you do something funny in the ring or not funny but like something that would be a botch or something like that like when you come back like no one's yelling at you they're like laughing and going holy shit dude that was really funny you know what i mean like it's not like i don't know just everyone is there to like help you get better and be better because they know that if the product grows like we're all going to grow with it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. we're like it's not like hey let's push this guy to the moon and then like hopefully someday we'll get our shot it's like oh shit like jungle it's jungle boy's time like let's fucking push this motherfucker like let's go like how can i help you know so it's pretty awesome man like you know and that's like obviously like breaking kayfabe or whatever like that i'm a heel and jungle boy's a piece of shit whatever but yeah (laughs) (laughs) the the hero role has got to be dude i gotta tell you but the culture of wrestling i think it had to change after those ecw days and yeah i i feel like in order for it to you know connect again with people because of of um it being a little too real you do do you agree at all or no absolutely again though i mean like the one thing that I wish I had been around for is like the whole like Paul Heyman talk. And like, Mm. if you think about like the original ECW guys, like, and I'm not talking like Eastern championship, I'm talking like when they decided to draw the, you know, the line in the sand and say like, this is extreme championship wrestling. Like they had a handful of guys that weren't they None of them were supposed to be anything. And they probably were told that at some point in time, And then Paul Heyman came in and was like, fuck that. Like, let's fucking make this ours. And you go out there and you do you. And I think that's where pro wrestling changed completely is because then you kind of had these dudes who were like essentially wrestling for their life because they knew like there was an opportunity and like people started watching it. And it's like, it's it's all cool to watch like the comfortable TV wrestling that was on at that time. Like you're gonna see the same fucking match over and over again if you tune in to like the Monday night things and like yeah you get like surprises here and there. But like no one was wrestling to like show that they could like they could. And I think that was like the cool thing that Paul Heyman did is like he made these dudes. He had a ragtag bunch of wrestlers and he said i'm gonna push you guys to the moon fucking give me everything you have and they went out there and gave everything you had like there's no way that sandman we should be talking about sandman Mm -hmm. right now i mean that guy had not an ounce of wrestling like ability at all but yeah he he connected to a crowd and he went out there and he gave everything that he could do and that was great and like dude a guy like mikey whipwreck like Nobody talks about Mikey Whipwreck. Do you know how great Mikey Whipwreck was? Dude. There's a match. Yeah, he, he's phenomenal. A, it's him versus Just Incredible started a show, and I think it was somewhere in like Cincinnati or something like that. I can't remember what. It was like Wrestlepalooza or something like that. There's the opening match, and like I, if if me being me like now, if I went to Beyond. And I was wrestling like the second to last match or like the fucking last match. And that match was first. I'd be like, what the fuck, dude? Like, I have to wrestle my ass off tonight because these dudes just burnt the house down. Like, 
that that's what I mean, dude. And like, dude, they took dudes like that, like PJ Polacco, like that dude, the WWE said, like, we don't want you anymore. And that dude had a chip on his shoulder, went to ECW and created a superstar. I thought just incredible was like, he was like, I mean, I know he had the world champion. He was chip, the last you know what I mean? champion. I think ECW champion world champion. But can you, yeah. can you imagine that character? Like the just incredible character in the attitude era, WWE, like raw holding the intercontinental championship. Like he'd be the greatest IC champion of all time oh. because that chip on his shoulder and just, he could wrestle his fucking ass off and they just didn't give him the opportunity. You know what I mean? Like, and then he went to ECW. That's, I think that's why ECW is so great. And like, this is me being a company man. I, I love the fact that that's kind of AEW right now. Like AEW, we all have something to prove and like, we're going to go out there and we're going to wrestle our asses off because we're trying to like, we're trying to push that, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we're trying to do the same thing where it's like, okay, cool. We're doing this. It's a brand new company. We have something to prove. Let's all put a chip on our shoulder and like go for it. Fuck it. You know what I mean? And I, and, I, and I love it. Dude, that's the best though. That's the feeling is that there is something to prove. The underdogs, that's what we're all about. The underdogs rising. But you said it like really well with ECW is that I remember even matches. I'm like, this is your headlining main event. Mike Awesome versus Little Spike Dudley. I'm not even excited yeah. about this. And then I'm like, holy shit, what did I just watch? You know? So yes. like, like I'm not even excited. And then it's like one of the best matches I ever seen. And you just see this like yeah, dude. Adonis breaking this little dude and this little dude fighting back the whole way. And I'm like... And it reminds you of that, you know, Hell in the Cell, Undertaker, Mankind thing where, like, I don't even know what's going to happen next, you know? Yeah. Um, and that is great. But I I am, I don't know, man. I always, like, like you're a heel in, um, in, in the AEW world. And I always relate to the heels. And I feel in ECW, there was, everybody kind of was a heel. Even if, yeah. like, RVD <laughs> was a heel. Like, we can say Gray area. Yeah, Everywhere. didn't really talk. Yeah. But everybody was a heel. It's, and I was like, because it's underground. We all relate to the Joker, not Batman. You know, like, nobody relates exactly. to the 1% hero. We're talking about this guy. He's interesting, right? And so, yeah. um, would you, like, and, and what happens with tag teams? I like to bring this up. Yeah, they, I love it. Except for the Dudley boys, unless I'm missing some storyline. Uh, tag teams always end up hating each other and fighting because someone, you know, peed on someone or something horrible happened. And uh, <laughs> yeah. you being a tag team guy, that storyline, do you feel it's inevitable? It's gonna no, be- I, I mean, I, I, honestly, I don't think so. I, okay. I, I think that, like, I, I think that obviously at some point in time, someone's going to get over more than the other person. Mm. Right? Like that's technically what you would you would think, right? The Shawn Michaels Marty Jannetty thing, exactly. Or Bret Hart, like Jim Neidhart. Okay, I see that yep. exactly. And it, dude, you can go on and on you and just on. Said and it, on. Yeah. So many tag teams. You know what I mean? Um, I think that if you have a, and, it, and it's it's so weird because me and Jess have been tagging, or sorry, me and Blade have been tagging for two years now, two and a half years, and. I always thought that, like, because he was, like, an impact and he had so many chances with WWE and, like, over the years and, like, ROH over the years and stuff like that, like, I thought that at some point in time he was going to be like, man, I really just, I want to be a singles guy and kind of, like, peel off. And, like, the way my brain works 
Like I can do singles, but like structuring a match for a tag to me is like, there's so many moving parts and it's such a challenge to like make you look like a tag team. And like, it's cool when two singles guys do things and it's like, it's rad, but you never really get tag wrestling. It's usually like, you know, singles wrestler one does all of his single wrestling moves and then single wrestler two kind of does the thing. And you kind of know that at some point in time, there's going to be a blow off and they're going to like wrestle each other and stuff. Like you already see the narrative, Mm -hmm. but like the fact that like the road warriors stayed the road warriors for a long time. And they had like, they did have their patches, but it usually was like, like I remember like when Hawk went to Japan and like teamed with uh, Sasuke, like, I know Animal was, like, he's written about this. Like, he was super pissed off. But he also was, like, rehabbing, like, a rotator cuff or something like that. Like, he had to take eight months off. You know what I mean? Like, and you kind of can't put a collar on your partner and say, like, no, you can't wrestle for eight months because I'm your partner. Like, go do your thing. You know what I mean? You just have to hope that it doesn't get over you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and you have to have that thing. And like, like I said, with, 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 uh, Pepper, like I always was like, all right, at some point in time, he's going to tell me he wants to do singles and like, that's cool. And I'll just, I'll figure out singles or maybe I'll find like another partner and whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but like, um, like a month and a half ago, I like brought it. I not like I wasn't like snooping and going like oh, I know you probably want to have a singles run, but I something had come up and he's like, dude, I'm a tag team wrestler now, and like hearing that instantly made me go, all right, let's go. Here we go. This is fucking sick. Like, and like I think that we wrestle as a tag team. Like we're not. I don't wrestle as a singles guy. Like everything that I do sets up something for us to do together. You know what I mean? And I think that's like the parallel that if you kind of look at it like in a band situation, you're always going to be a tag team. If you always think about your partner, like not think about just yourself. And like, now that we have like, uh, we have Allie with us, like that is just another cool moving part. So like, if we just use her now, it like looks like a weird little unit. And like that to me pumps me up not like a singles push i think i would like die of anxiety if i had a singles push because like the fact of me one i was in a ring with kenny omega two weeks ago and like i never thought my 42 year old like weird musician ass would be in a ring with the greatest wrestler one of the greatest wrestlers on the planet right now you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. and then like i throw an idea out there and he's like oh that was really cool and i'm just like come on dude you know what i mean like But, you know, it's just, like, I never thought I would be in this position. And, like, a singles run would, I would, I would have a fucking nervous breakdown every single week if I knew I had to be in the ring with some of these dudes by myself. I'm just, I'm a guitar player, so I hide behind the guitar. There's a reason I don't sing, because that's terrifying to me. So, like. Technically, I've been a tag team wrestler for 22 years with a fucking guitar. You know what I mean? Like, and with this, it's like I have I tour, I travel with my best friend, one of my best friends in the world, and his wife, who's my one of my other best friends. Like, 
that's who I hang out with, with my girlfriend. When we like go to the movies, we hang out with them. So like, it's just now like an extension of what we do. And like, he's 39, I'm 42. Like, uh, this isn't going to last forever. You know what I mean? Like our bodies are going to break down at some point in time. And it's like, let's just do this together. And I think that's where it's different for us. If we were like 22, 23 years old, like I would probably, it'd probably be a little, I'd probably be a little more like, Ooh, yeah, man. Give me that singles. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. but I'm 42, man. Like it's, I'm in a good place right now, you know? And I don't want like, I just want to keep expanding on that. And at some point in time, I just want people to like, look at us and go, God damn, that's a great tag team. You know, I don't want it to be like, fuck, you know, like the butchers, such a great wrestler. And then like, not mentioned anything about pepper and vice versa. You know what I mean? Like I like that. I get to do this with my friends. It's the same thing with every time I die. Like I don't ever want to be in another band. I don't see myself writing other music. Like I don't want to, I, I would fucking, it would break my heart to look across stage, not see Jordan Buckley. And like this stuff, like, dude, I'm fucking, we're recording a record right now. Mm-hmm. And like, I have to leave every week to go wrestle. And like, I leave those dudes and I'm like, <sighs> all right, guys, I'll see you. Don't kick me out. All right. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I feel every week. Every single time I leave them, I'm like, I just hope you guys don't kick me out. I hope I have a job when I come back. All right. See you guys. And like, I come back, I only take a day off, but like, I come back and it's like, uh, and then like, there's times where like the band, I have to tell Pepper, like, dude, I got it. You know, we're going to be on tour and like, I can't wrestle. I'm sorry. You know? And it like, I, I almost every single time I'm just like, don't find another partner. (laughs) You know? That would be a tough thing to juggle because both careers are travel based, you know? Um, Yeah. So that's something that I didn't even think about, you know? You did bring up. Every time I die, I do want to talk about ninth record. Guys is coming out. Low teens um, left a huge impression with I think all of us fans. You know, Map Change uh, is one of the greatest songs I think I've heard in the last ten years. I actually talked to Will Putney about that years ago after you guys <laughs> recorded. Awesome. You know, he told me it was called Chess Pat or something. It was a, it was a great Pat. it was a great conversation. Yeah, and. Um, <laughs> I, I, I talked to him earlier this year, and he told me the story of uh, No Lives Matter with Body Count uh, as well. So it's it's he's a fun yeah. guy, man. I, I love Will Putney. But, um, he's, he's the best, and he's recording the new record with you guys. Uh, like, as you said, uh, record number nine, man. But um, yeah, Goose is literally tracking drums right now. Right now, wow! Like I, and like what a piece of shit! I didn't even stop to see how everything went. I literally like my flight got delayed, so like I I got up at three thirty this morning to get it to the studio. I was supposed to be at the studio at noon and then my flight ended up getting delayed. So I got in at four ten or something like that. Mm. So yeah, I've been sitting in a fucking airport all day and I'm tired and he- as hell, but like, and I just text Will and I was like, dude, I need to go home and just relax, man. And he was like, no, no, no we're, we're contracting jumps. We don't need you. I was like, okay. And I just was like, I'm going, I'm just going home. So tomorrow, bright and early, I go to the studio and just watch goose play drums so (laughs) how important is it to be there even though you're not a part of it just to motivate the guys like you're talking about the culture with the wrestling is it similar with the band at this point absolutely man like it's like it and i you know i'll get emotional if i start gloating but like jordan buckley has like 
it's it's fucking crazy because he always puts me over for like my guitar playing and my writing and stuff like that which is like cool but man he has he has literally outdone himself on this record and it's just solely due to the fact that like i've been the most busy human being since we started writing music for this and like he's picked up such he's just he literally is my like my left hand man because i'm a stage right but like he literally is like a saving grace to me because i i I know he like subconsciously didn't know that he he would have to write a ton too because we both write a ton of music and like it's one of those things where like i'll write a thousand riffs and like 200 of those riffs will get like broken down and then and then 50 of those riffs will get broken down into songs and then 25 of those and then you know 15 of those you know what i mean so jordan does the same thing on this one i literally wrote six songs seven songs or something like that like six ideas of mine turned into songs like whole songs and like i used every mental capacity to do those six songs jordan was like oh i got this guys i got this guys i got this i got this i got this he just like stepped up in such a way and like it is insane to me that he's not just going like i could just do this myself you know what i mean yeah dude but that's the collaborative process right because you guys will uh, of course fail together or succeed together so nobody takes the full ownership you know yeah and i mean yeah Lyrics wise, though, uh, it's all Keith. Uh, if I if I recall the videos, but he is oh, yeah. one of the most creative lyricists. Now I know it's your band, and he's in your in the band with you. But like, is there ever some lyrics that come across? You're like this motherfucker. He did it again. <laughs> you know, like, he's so clever. I, dude, map, map change. Map man. change I was just, great. Oh, to name that song, man. It is. Uh, that is to me like <clears throat> it's like the one song like, and obviously like. I get the opportunity to play like songs like a Bullarama and like fucking floater and like the songs that like kind of made the band, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like that, those songs over the years were like, we've been fortunate enough to have like a good, like three bangers on every record that we can make a set list out of, you know what I mean? And like, I get the opportunity to play those ones. But like when I play no set of mine, it's like, I just get really excited for that fucking mosh part at the end because it always like the place goes apeshit every single time. Right. Map change. Like we always play it last. And like every single time, dude, I get so fired up for that song. And you'd think like after playing for an hour, you'd be like, all right, guys, let's fucking wrap it up. You know what I mean? And like every single time the sticks click for that song, I'm like, fuck yeah, here we are. Like, s- let's go. This is what we were made to do. You yes. know what I mean? Like, Dude, as a fan, to scream, cool. hell is not. Dude, every time I've seen it live, yes. that moment, I can see you guys ready for everybody to scream that one line out there with Keith, yep. man. It was, it's a... Uh, it's a golden song, man. You, Dude. Yeah, it's a golden song. I tell you, I'm out in Vegas, and um, I think the last time you guys here, you were at the pool out here at the Hard Rock, which uh, closed we down, did by the way. Not the pool. I think we did the, fuck, I think we played the joint with Coheed and Mastodon. Oh, I didn't see. Or was see, that outside? No, no, that wasn't the pool. This was with. Um, that was the joint. 
Taking Back Sunday. What was that? I didn't stay for. Yeah, that. yeah, it was. It was Taking Back Sunday. That was that show was awesome. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was the pool, though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, that was yeah. the pool that I went to. I didn't see the Mastodon and Coey. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, th- that night is a blur to me because I went and saw O the Circus Soleil. Oh, it's great, right? Dude, that is the coolest show I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I hope they never stop running it. It's been like 25 years. I'm like, just nothing tops it. I see all the Cirque de Soleil shows. Um, and they just did one. Robert Rodriguez wrote it. And uh, Tyler Bates. Wait. Um, go ahead. What? Yeah. It's called. What is it called? R-U-N. It's at the Lexor. And Tyler Bates did the music. I actually interviewed him um, about it. Marilyn oh. Manson. He collaborated with Marilyn Manson on the last two records. But, you know, he did Yeah. The, this film composer for like Guardians of the Galaxy and all that stuff. Yeah. And he did the music for that show. And, uh. And I was pumped. I'm like, this is going to be the one. I'm like, nah, oh, still the best. Dude. <laughs> like, dude, oh, still there the was best. like a point in time. Cause I like, I love, I love like seventies prog rock. Mm, yeah. It's like my bread and butter. Like King Crimson is like my favorite band. And <clears throat> I just, yeah, I freak out. And like, dude, I was like, so in the moment at that thing. Like at one point in time, they have like, like one of the dudes swings at the crowd and like a drop of water hit me. And I was like, holy shit, I'm seeing this real. This isn't a scream. Like, this is fucking crazy. Like, these dudes are putting themselves at such risk right now. This is fucking nuts. It, it, it is, for anyone that is listening to this, if you have an opportunity to go see O, I will promise you, it is going to be one of the coolest things, and you'll talk about it for a very long time after. It is, it, it really truly is, and it, to go back to wrestling, to go to like music and stuff like that, like there's like there's like certain bands, there's like certain wrestlers that things happen and you're just like, How did a human being do this? And like it truly, truly, truly blows your mind and shows you how amazing human a human being is. In the like in general that like we have the ability to do the shit that we do. And like, then when you see someone do it at like a crazy level like that, it's like, Holy fuck. Sky really is the limit. Like we really can do anything if we just put our, our, our mind to it. And like, there's just like, there's young bands. Do we just took vain? Well, we didn't take them, but while she sleeps, took vain, they opened, we were the middle band on the tour or whatever in Europe. And like watching them, and it's like when I watch when I watch them, I see MJF, I see, um, I'm just trying to think of like uh, fucking guys here. Like when I see Danny Garcia wrestle and fucking Blackwood wrestle, I just I'm like, holy fuck, man! Like these dudes are so young, and like they don't even realize how fucking good they are. It's mind blowing when you see them like hang their head. And you're like, what are you hanging your head at? And they're just like, oh, man, that show kind of sucked. And you're just like, you just blew the fucking door off this place. Like, what are you talking about? Like, if I, like, went and saw, oh, if I had to meet those people after and I heard one guy go like, oh, that was a terrible show, I'd be like, you're crazy, dude. Like, that was mind-blowing. Like, it's just, it, it's so crazy. Like, dude, you're 39 years old. You got to see Dillinger Escape Plan. You got to see mm-hmm. fucking Mars Volta. You got to see, like, you know what I mean? Like, Mars Volta and bands. Soundgarden was one of my, f- dude, I got to tell you, it was a crazy show. Yeah, one of my favorite shows of all time. Which is amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, 
if you think about how great life is and how great it is and you choose to 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 think that way like the world is really cool man and like it it really bums me me out when i see people like hang their heads when they do cool shit and it's like dude you could be sitting in a cubicle and like wasting everything and like some people are thrown in that situation and then there's like people who have like the have this crazy opportunity and they throw it away because like they just can't see that it's amazing it really is wild to me man and i've had conversations with people like that are going to quit that thing and they're going to go like oh man i, I want to like i don't think i'm going to write anymore and and you're just like dude what like you wrote like some of the coolest comic books i've read in the last like 5 years so they're going to quit this you know whatever like using that as a as a reference but like man it just i don't know and like i think like surf that was like a turning point in my life dude where i was like all right cool man like i think i can like really make a go at this like wrestling thing and there was a few different things like my girlfriend is like the most supportive person in the world and like never in a million years would she tell me i can't do something and then like i've been with her now for like two years and some change or whatever and like she's a she like competes in pro bodybuilding and stuff like that. And it's like, dude, she works so hard. And then I'm just like, all right, man, like if I don't go to the gym today, I am an awful person because someone now pays me to wrestle. So like, if I'm not giving them my best, I'm just, there's no point. Right. And then like, if I don't practice the guitar for like two or three hours a day off and on, like I'm never going to be, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to like wither away and just like go, you know what I mean? Like, and I never want to do that. And like, I, I don't know, man, and that was a crazy rant. And also mm-hmm. I've been awake since three thirty, So <laughs> I'm lucky that I got it on my show. Yeah. I'll tell you right now. Cause I do. Yeah. My dad used to tell me life is movement. When you stop, you die. And I'm like, I don't want to retire ever. Dad, I'm with you. <laughs> you know, like, I'm exactly, not, dude. It's movement. That's, You're right. That's, yeah. I honestly, dude, and this is going to make me sound crazy if, already if the shit i i'm talking about doesn't make me sound crazy i have this crazy thing about old blood being in my body and like if my body stays resting then like old blood is gonna like happen and i'm gonna just turn old like right away so like if i don't keep moving like meaning like if i'm not up early in the morning like doing stuff like taking the dog for a walk or like going to the gym or like dude just doing chores around the house like i feel like i'm gonna fucking just turn into dust old blood and then go away and like i never want to you know what i mean like i just Mm -hmm. don't want to do that and it's like i use the old i use old blood as like my like i know that can't be a thing obviously but like i just think about it all the time where it's just like old blood will always make you old so if i'm moving new blood is just always circulating in my body and like it's a crazy crazy concept but it like helps me get like motivated for shit you know what i mean dude those analogies though are what we we all have something like that that's exactly the way exactly pretty much what i just said i mean with the move life is movement it's the same thing it's just an analogy to make us keep going and then and i and i hate to say this but like i see so many people without this thought process of of just doing things constantly because 
I've never been a natural at anything. And you're right. My mind is blown when I see people so good at things. I'm like, how is that possible? It's like, all right, well, I'm just going to live my life as a craftsman and just keep doing what I love and get better at it. That's all I'm going to do. Yeah. Okay. But I'll never be like, I'm, I'm an artist. I'm this. I'm just a craftsman, right? At, at what I do. And so you're right. When you see the artist, man, and you see the, 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 just the truth in front of you, you just want to be like, man, let me just walk past you and let that energy hit me as I go out the door. <laughs> you know, so. And that, but that, the thing is though, is that, that energy, like some people like see it and just go, Oh, that was cool. And then let me move on. I hate those people. And I think, yeah, that's exactly like me. But like when you see like, dude, fucking jungle boy last night, like jungle boy wrestled MJF and, like, as a wrestling fan, we're literally watching. That's going to be Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels in ten years. Like those dudes are going to rule the fucking wrestling world, and they don't even know it yet. And like to see them beat themselves up at twenty two and twenty three years old, like MJF was really beat up over that. After that match, he was just like, "Did I fucking do this right? Was I too slow on this? Was I?" Th-? And I'm fucking killing this kid's fucking character right now but i like you have to like tell him that it's like dude you're fucking you're so young and all you're doing is just you're you're think of like a wrinkly like bed sheet all you're doing is smoothing it out every time you guys touch you're gonna smooth it out 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 and then by the time you guys have your like big moment whenever that is all those wrinkles are going to be smoothed out and then you're just going to be second nature, man. Like that is amazing. Like if you think about it, because all you're doing is just, you're triangulating a scenario and you're just making it more and more perfect every single time you touch. And like, nobody has that opportunity. You know what I mean? Like no one does anything perfect the first time. Map change and wasn't like, going to get written on last night in town, right? Yes, yes. But that's you. Know, that, that's what I'm saying, exactly. though. Like that's exactly it. And like to take every time I die's career, hmm. it's like, yeah, you can listen to last night in town. It's cool. It's like good. don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not not proud of that record. But like everything we've done in that time has literally just we've just started taking those wrinkles out, taking those wrinkles out, taking those wrinkles out. And 22 years later, like we're literally a machine now. Mm. And like those mistakes that we made and like all that shit has been so just smoothed out that now one of the members in the band can full-time wrestle, come back and it's totally fine. And like one of the, they can have kids and a, and a member of the band can do a side project band and, and like that member also can write for like TV shows and their drummer can go play with someone else. And like their guitar player can do a whole bunch of cool art and their bass player can like run four businesses in Buffalo. And like, you know what I mean? Like we all do that shit and like, but the band is still there and like the band is stronger than it ever was because all we were was a messy bed. So like when you're listening to last night in town, it's a messy bed. And then like through the annals, we just kept smoothing it out, smoothing it out, smoothing it out, smoothing it out. And now 
we don't have to worry about the music because the music's there. It's inside of us. So like, it's going to come out, it's going to happen. And I tell you like to just, I've been putting my wrestling stuff over this record. Like low teens was, was great. A great record. The shit we're doing on this record is fucking crazy. It's wild. <laughs> like people don't. And I like, I've probably had the same conversation with every one of our records, but this record is, is not like anything we've done before. We've taken so many chances and will even said, he goes, I want to get dangerous on this record. And we all kind of had that attitude of like, yeah, let's get fucking dangerous, you know? And like, there's just shit that like, there's, it's crazy, man. Like when people hear it, it's going to like go, Oh wow. Okay. Then yeah, I can really do something cool. 22 years down the line. And like, that's the thing. And, And like, there's so many bands, dude. Like, if you think about 22 years, we've seen so many bands come and go, dude. Like, so many great bands just come and go. And, like, we're still there. And, like, it's crazy because those bands that we, like, looked up to now are like, how the fuck are you guys doing this? And it's like, I don't know, perseverance, man. Like, we just have, we're very, we're very fucking stubborn people that have always persevered through bullshit and here we are you know what i mean like we just never let we never let like the music industry tackle us and it's like and i think the thing is too is like we're the one band that meets that reaches all parallels we could play with pop puck bands we could play with thrash bands we could play with hardcore bands we could play with emo bands we could play with against me type bands we could play with anyone and everyone realizes that we're going to be us. We're not going to compromise. And I think that's what the, that's the power of our band is there is no compromise. And like the people that have said like, Oh, these guys fucking sold out like, or whatever, like through the time people don't say that now, but like there was a point in time where it's just like, blah, blah, like name a record that doesn't sound like every time I die, that every time I die is done. We don't have that. We never tried to be on the radio. We never tried to do that. We just wrote songs. And it was never like those rock songs that we write. We just want to write a rock song. And we're going to fucking do it. And if you don't like it, just fucking skip the fucking track. Go to one of the fucking crazy songs. You know what I mean? Like, it's cool. Like, I think that a record, uh, too many people get too song-oriented and don't think about a record. And like when you write a record, you should think of it as a the best set list you've ever written. Mm. And like if you can do that and you can achieve that and have that, your band is going to just you write as a whole. Like you know what I mean? Like we don't write I don't I don't know how to explain it other than that. Like when we go into like writing process, it's not like dude, we're gonna write a fucking single, man. This is gonna be sick. Like, fuck no, man, I want to write a whole record. I want someone to listen to song fucking 1 and 12 and, like, go through the peaks and valleys that I'm trying to convey to them. You know what I mean? Like The, so, the emotional what, journey was, is, is where exactly, what, man. we as fans, we as fans, we need that emotional journey. We don't need a three-minute connection to make us smile. We need... A yeah. smile, and then a tear, and then anger, yes. and then you know, like like a record is a, is a is a is a baby. It's a human, you know, in a lot of ways. Exactly. 
And so you said it, man. It's got to have it all, and it's got to be genuine. And yeah, you guys, you guys have, you guys have mastered that. Uh, this sellout nonsense. Shut up. What? <laughs> like, you know, I, no, I, I remember, like, it was. I remember a couple times where I got mad at people. I remember, like, you guys did a cover with Fallout Boy or something like that, like Pantera. But ignore all that shit. Yeah, I don't, I don't even stupid. Like but I it said, was like, yeah. I'll tell you where all that shit comes from, mm. too, man. The fr- I started touring. I started touring. Or started going out of town with bands when I was 15 years old. The f- one of the first people I ever met on one of my first trips, I went to Chicago. I met Pete Wentz. I've been friends with him since then. So I'm 42 years old. I've known that motherfucker since I was 16. So any connection that we have with Fallout Boy is because we've just been friends. And at one point in time, Fallout Boy wasn't Fallout Boy. You know what I mean? Like they were just dudes in bands in Chicago that we played with, mm. and like they just struck out. You know what I mean? Like that's how that shit works. And like, it's so funny because when, you know, you get these fucking trolls now on the internet Mm. and they can say whatever they want and they just make up these fake stories. And it's just like, okay, man. And I, now I just go with it. Like, so if someone comes up and they're just like, Oh man, uh, you know, you guys were better when last night in town was on. Yeah, we were, dude. Totally, man. Uh, I'm telling you that as a fan, it. you weren't better. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it was cool. I you used know. to have six fingers then. Now I have five. Yeah, so, yeah. It's a, you know, <laughs> the music got way dumb, dude. Sorry. You know what I mean? Like, it's just. Absolutely. I just, I yeah. go with that shit now. And it's probably from wrestling, too, because people will, like, they'll write any narrative and they think they know everything. That's how a wrestling fan is. Yeah. So I just go with it now. Like, people will tell me, like, oh, man. Who are, who's a 60 year old dude wrestling for AEW? And it's like, yeah, it's me, man. I just turned 60. That's, that's it, man. Been you, doing this a long time. Exactly. You were better when they were younger and their life was happier. That's all they're saying. Yeah. That's all. Oh, when I yeah. was 21 and that record came out, you were better. Why, dude? Cause you're 39 now and you're not happy. <laughs> so, yeah. Like that was, visit the nostalgia. Everyone was it's having good. more fun, yeah. man. Yeah. Exactly, dude. You said it, man. You said it. So, dude, with that, I, I, I completely blew my 30 minutes with you, but I think we had oh, a fantastic right, conversation. I just want, I, dude, go, go ahead. I so, had, I, I knew we were going to have a good one. Yes. The first thing you brought up was ECW. Boom. I, I love it when that, that happens. Oh, I never get to talk yeah. ECW anymore, man. I'm so glad. Oh, that was the first question I wrote. I'm like, bring up ECW, see where it goes, and then boom. I didn't even read another question I wrote. <laughs> Those are yeah, the interviews I want to be in. Yeah. But that, that's so that, that just getting back to it, man. Just the, I always, and it sucks, man, because it's like I always sound kind of like a preacher. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't believe in anything. Um, but, I love positivity more than anything. And like, just to go full circle in this interview, like my, when I was 18, 19 years old, wanting to become a wrestler and going to those ECW shows and like seeing Tommy dreamer and seeing Jerry Lynn and like Dean Malenko and like all those dudes, Taz right now at 42 years old, I have the opportunity to, to literally, dude, I had a, I had an hour and a half conversation with Arn Anderson about psychology and wrestling yesterday. Um, I talked, I talked to Jerry Lynn every single, I, I, dude, I, I, I probably talked to Jerry Lynn four or five days, five, five, four or five days a week about metal, about wrestling. He sends me matches. Um, I do a cloverleaf powerbomb because Dean Malenko is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Um, I talk to that guy every single week. 
uh, and it's just one of those things. Like if you're a young kid and you're thinking about starting to play guitar, you're starting to think about being a pro wrestler, you're going to be a writer. You're going to do stuff like that. Like just stick with it. And like, if you're going to like get stuck in writer's block or something like that, always think of yourself in a bubble and always try to think outside of that bubble. And it might be something as stupid as just, and this is like the weirdest thing. If you have like children are the most creative people in the world. Mm -hmm. So if you have a a niece or a nephew, go spend like an hour with them and just see where their brain's at. You will work your way out of it. Think outside of a bubble, you'll go. And like, I promise you at some point in time in your life, you're going to achieve something that you set out to do because you persevered through that shit. And like hard times are only roadblocks and roadblocks are easily knocked down. And I think that's where people always kind of, they lose interest in things because roadblocks are hard to get through, but you always have to think outside of the box. Think of yourself in a fishbowl. That's your life. And think about getting outside of the fishbowl. That's it. And that's it. That's all. <laughs> that's my posse talk for that, for, for this one. But Perfect, that's dude. always on my, I, I will always try to talk to people. And, and anytime that my, my DMS are always open. If anyone wants to talk about that shit, if you're like reading about the, or listening to this and you just need to talk about creativity, like always hit me up. I'm at Andy complains on, on Twitter and, uh, and, um, Instagram hit me up and, uh, I'll talk creativity. Awesome, dude. Everybody support (laughs) AEW wrestling support this, this heel right here. This, this villain, the butcher and the blade, (laughs) butcher, the the blade, the butcher, the bunny support them guys. Make sure you guys are, are supporting AEW. I'm, I'm definitely serious that new every time I die, they're in studio. That's all you need to know. Support them as always guys. I'm such a big fan of Keith's books. If you haven't checked out Scale, Watch just came oh. out last year, dude. Make sure you guys are picking up those books. And, um, dude, like I said, Andy, it's been, I don't know how many times it's been a year. It's been a 20-year fan base for me. So the fact I get to talk to you guys every few years, um, it's it's more than a joy, dude. It's more than a joy. And uh, this conversation, definitely one of my favorites, dude, of all time. Oh, yeah, and everybody, go see yes. O. Go see O. Trust me. Yes, go see O. <laughs> hey, Las Vegas, AEW in Las Vegas. Oh, yes, it is. So everybody, yes, May 23rd in Las Vegas, AEW Wrestling. So all my Vegas people, make sure you guys are coming. It's at the MGM Grand. It's going to be great. Yes. I hope to gonna see be great. you there, dude. So with that. I hope so, too. <laughs> Andy, always a pleasure, man. Uh, thank you for so much for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast. Of course, man. Anytime, anytime.
Your eyes and see exactly what I 
guys hey i had to play map change again probably the most played song on this show if you guys don't know it's one of my favorites it, it, it's in my top i check my itunes stats to see how many songs i listen so you to played it twice <laughs> i played it on this program i played it on the this program. most played no. song on this one program let, let me let me tell you guys we've done i don't know how many episodes yes. 150 whatever a ton of episodes right and so 150 different interviews. I played Map Change on the first episode with Will Putney we did. Yes. I played Map Change when I, when I interviewed Keith Buckley. I played Map Change when I interviewed Andy Williams. The reason that is, is that is one of the greatest songs I think ever written in the metal and hardcore sphere. So, guys, they, they close the show. It's a beautiful song. Awful low teens. Make sure you guys have that record. Map Change. It's very relevant. Ve- <laughs> It is very relevant, guy. I, damn it. Going by the Webster's Dictionary. Uh, ma- <laughs> map change, guys. First song you heard off of Low Teens. Make sure you guys have picked that up. As you know, they're in studio. They're recording already, as Andy spoke about. So, guys, make sure if you haven't, pick up all eight records from Every Time I Die. Every one is worth They're all f- brilliant. They're all fucking brilliant. Dude, they, they get it. I can't wait for it. They're one of those bands that I... I thought I heard everything, and then those guys come along, and they're like, no, you haven't heard They're everything. always the first band I introduce to people that are like, I don't really like that heart of music. And, and they're the first band that yeah. I always introduce to people yeah. because they, they like, they're just so good they're on every level. so on their own. They, they have a sound so all unique, their own. Yeah. Yeah. I remember reading a review, and this was for uh, New, New Junk Aesthetic, and uh, to, to just keep... Sucking every time I die's dick, if I may. Um, if I may. <laughs> if you wow. know. Let Jocelyn do it. Wow. Let Jocelyn do it. I don't, hey. I don't, I don't do that. 
keep on rocking, shout the devil and uh. You know what? If I saw Keith Buckley in person, I'd say, hey, Taco, if you know what I'm saying. Hey, hey, Taco. Leave him alone. I'm sorry. Stay away from him. I'm married also. Respect the family. I'm also, I'm being respectful. Respect the family. Anyways. With all due respect to his wife. Yeah, exactly. He's a hot piece. New junk aesthetic, right? I read a review and I'm like, and I'll never forget this line. It said, Rockabilly hardcore band. Every time I die, I'm like, what the fuck is rockabilly, rockabilly. hardcore? Yeah. <laughs> right? so, again, once again, it's I hate you how can't we label ha- them. I hate yeah. how we have to put everything into a niche. I hate it. Stop it. Just let it be a great band. And That's also it. another great thing about that band that I love that a lot of bands don't have is a great sense of humor. Mm. Oh my god, perfect. You need that in metal. If you don't have a sense of humor, great sense of humor. If you don't have the uh, the 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 a uh, booklet artwork of uh, the pictures that Immortal did back in the day, you, you don't get it. So, anyways. Make sure you guys pick up Low Teens if you haven't. Make sure you guys are Spotifying the shit out of this band if you haven't. Second song you heard, very important, new band. That's something that uh, also I, I always learned from Andy Williams. The only reason I bought the first The Knocked Loose record was because he promoted it. Laugh Tracks, fantastic record. Obviously, Knocked Loose has reached a great echelon. I'm very proud, but it's very important to promote new bands. Orthodox is the name of this band. Once again, Orthodox. Oops, shit. Once again, guys, Orthodox, the name of the band. The second song you heard, the song is called Cut. Their new album, Let It Take Its Course, is out now. Make sure you're checking it out. Great record, man. I'm a big fan of this band, Orthodox. So make sure you guys check that out. With that, I want to thank everybody once again for the five-star reviews that we keep getting on iTunes. That's all we ask for. Hit five stars. We're not asking for anything else. We're not asking for money. All we want you guys to do is hit a five-star. You don't even have to write shit. Just keep the number going for us. Five stars, Metal Sucks Podcast. That's it. Second thing we ask you for, if you guys haven't checked out the documentary podcast that we do, Rise to Offend, that thing thing takes us so much fucking time to do every week. We've done so many metal artists. When Pete says us, he means him. Yeah, he is. Hey, Taco. (laughs) We've done punk rockers. We've done it all. Henry Rollins, Phil Anselmo, Peter Peter Steele. We've done... Chappelle show for you fans of that shit. We've we've done it all. South guys. Park, South do Trey and Matt. We've done guys. Check out our podcast for sure. Five star review that shit as well. And with that, guys, make sure if you have a chance to see us live, you do. Jaws, tell me about your dates. I am going on a little tour. I'm going on the Hags with Bags tour with my friend Stephen Roberts. You can find us in Corpus Christi, Texas, March 6th and 7th. You can find us in Austin, Texas, March 11th, Fort Collins, Colorado, March 12th, Denver, Colorado, March 14th, and Rifle, Colorado, March 14th. I'm sorry, Denver, Colorado, March 13th, Rifle, Colorado, March 14th. Um, please go to joslynsharp.com, J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N-Sharp.com, and get your tickets to any of those shows. Come see me. Tell me you're a Metal Sucks person. We'll talk about you on the podcast, I promise. Baroque. <laughs> Relevant. <laughs> you know what I want to say? Bye, Taco. Bye, Taco. Hey, Taco. <laughs> see you guys next week. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.